This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. Well, this is my third installment in my Emerging Leaders series. My original goal for this podcast was to provide a platform for some of the country's and world's best nonprofit leaders and thinkers to share their insights and inspiration with all of you. Along the way, I've also wanted to make sure that I was not forgetting to reach out to those young emerging nonprofit leaders who really want to invest their lives into making real change in our world. Well, today's guests are an example of those inspiring young emerging leaders. Sion and Sohil Bhatia. I've started their own nonprofit called Start STEM Early. I think you're going to be very inspired by these young leaders. Enjoy today's show. Well, this is the third episode in my Emerging Young Leaders series. I honestly, I always love hearing from this next generation of what they're doing to make their world better. And so I've got special guests with me here today. I have Zion and Sohil. Batia, and they're going to tell us a little bit more about what they're doing in their neck of the woods. So maybe you could start off. Tell us what motivated you to start this nonprofit in the first place. I think that's a great question, Rob. Um, I think the initial motivation for starting Start STEM Early kind of stemmed from experience. Both of us thoroughly enjoyed problem-solving opportunities in STEM, especially in middle school and elementary school. And although we had many resources to help us along the STEM journey, I think both of us struggled to truly find a way to study these advanced and unique STEM topics at ease. Many of these concepts were kind of written across various textbooks and were only available readily to high school and college level students. So I think that's initially why we kind of got into this space and decided to start this nonprofit to basically provide programs and activities to young students like ourselves, as we were once in that position where we didn't have enough resources or we couldn't find the opportunities to learn all these unique STEM concepts. So our initial goal was to reach out to elementary and emerging middle school students and really teach them about these unique STEM concepts such as app building or 3D design or forensics. These were all topics that not only had interested us, but also kind of got us into that STEM journey and pathway. And so our goal here at Starts and Early has not only been to provide this education, but also advocate for the opportunities, programs, and also competitions that are available in this space. For my listeners, they're all nonprofit leaders. They know how funding is can be very difficult, and particularly when you're starting something from scratch. Talk about how you got that going. How did the funding come to you? Where did you go for funding? And then how have you built it to where it is today? For sure. And I would say, you know, for us, Start Some Early really just started with us just helping students in our neighborhood and community just learning about interesting STEM topics and various competitions and resources, some of which we also collected during our middle school years and initially relied on, you know, many free and low cost resources like our school classroom for coaching. Um, And when the class sizes grew, we started booking library spaces, which indeed did cost money. And we started raising funds through friends and family, but still keeping programs free to all students, which is something we all, we even do today. And so right off the bat, our minds were kind of geared towards 
just shining a light on how young students can involve themselves in all aspects of science, you know, tech, engineering, and math. And our efforts transformed into not only kind of informing, but also teaching interesting topics and working with schools to build a curriculum that teaches topics like computer science and problem solving. And so I would say, you know, as our organization progressed, we've worked it, we've worked to acquire donations. Uh, we've advertised our programs. We've obtained sponsorships, all of which have been important and also significant contributors to supporting our programs and initiatives. Well, well done. You've obviously done a good job to keep this moving and people are inspired. They're, they're supporting you, of course. Now, going to leadership, this podcast is really all about leadership, leadership development, encouraging people to you know, learn from other leaders around the country. I was curious and I wanted to ask this. I asked, often ask this of my guests, who has inspired you as a leader and how have they inspired you? That's a great question, Rob. Um, I would say, you know, someone who has truly inspired both of us is Sal Khan, the founder of Khan Academy. Obviously, he runs a nonprofit, but uh, not only because, you know, he pioneered some of the ways nonprofits go about growing on the internet, but also because he is truly genuine and authentic on his views on the importance of providing free education and what he envisions for his organization. You know, he constantly reminds us and the world to continue their passions and interests, regardless of the obstacles that come in the way. He encourages others to feel the same way he does about the power of education. There's several things I like about having this emerging leaders emphasis to my show. But one of those is I know a lot of people that both are involved in my nonprofit and the people I talk to across the country that are nonprofit leaders, they're always trying to figure out, okay, how do we inspire this next generation? What does it take to really raise up this next generation to number one, maybe meet their needs, number one, and serve them. But also if they're going to recruit them to their nonprofits, to their organizations, I think there's always a question of how do we do that really well? You've done that really well. I mean, that's your whole focus at this point is middle school and high school students. I know you're expanding now beyond that, but that's really the heart of what you started. I'm curious to see with your experience, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges for emerging leaders that are currently in middle and high school? For sure. I think that's a great question. Um, And something that especially Son and I have struggled with ourselves, especially in middle school. And I think a lot of students, especially like us, are kind of waiting for that perfect moment or that perfect idea or inspiration. When really, I think it's all about just taking what you are passionate about and just maybe a simple idea and really getting started. I can tell you from experience, kind of when we started Start STEM early, Sign and I were both very passionate and interested in STEM and competitions um, and technology and computer science. And that's kind of what sparked this idea of starting this nonprofit. It's we took something that was just a small passion and a small interest, and we took the smallest step. Maybe we started a session with our community students we eventually have library sessions. These are all small steps that we took, but eventually we got to the point where we are today. So I think the biggest challenge for students nowadays is just sometimes it's all about waiting. Sometimes you're waiting for that perfect moment or that perfect idea, but it's all about just you know taking that small step and getting off the ground um, and just being confident in what you're passionate about and loving what you do, I think is a great way to just grow big and also kind of bring together students and put out programs and activities that you love. And I think a lot a lot of students nowadays, I think sometimes they're a little bit shy away from seeking guidance. And Sign and I ourselves were shy from seeking guidance and seeking help. But I think that's also a great way to just expand on what you do, learn a lot more, also just grow your impact as well throughout your journey. 
So I think taking that small step, I think that's the catalyst for creating something that you love and something that you enjoy. We'll be right back. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, I want to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other episodes with fascinating guests that I previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. There you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country and even from different countries, all trying to make their world better. I also want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. This will help us get this great content out to more nonprofit leaders just like you. Now, finally, if you want to get my monthly email update that contains more resources in addition to these episodes, it's really easy. Just go to my website at nonprofitleadershippodcast.org and simply type your email address in the top right-hand box, and you'll be added to our monthly email update. And this way, you'll never miss any of the interviews or extra content from this show. And if you have any questions or comments, do not hesitate to email me. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. You know, as I go to the next step of, I'm listening to this podcast, I'm hearing you too. I want to recruit some people in that middle or particularly high school and college space. What would you say to listeners of this podcast? What do you want to make sure every nonprofit leader knows about this next upcoming generation? For sure. And I would start off by just like talking about the characteristics that, I, that stand out to me from this generation. And those include just the fact and the idea that many of us in middle school or high school or elementary school have such a wide array of interests, you know, in school or out of school, students of all grades, their interests range from, you know, sports to robotics. But I think it's important for a nonprofit or business leader today to just realize that, you know, while this characteristic may allow teens and young kids to be open-minded about involving themselves in various aspects of business and STEM, it also takes quite a bit of effort to grab their attention and interest, something that we also struggle with with Starts Merely. And so one way we've attempted to solve this issue is just to make our brand of our organization and our programs, our resources, the way we reach out to students, increasingly interactive, uh, unique, and also targeted. And so a great example of this is something we've done in our organization, and that's to make things very unique. I think when, when people think of you know programming, for example, right, they're looking at uh, things they've seen on YouTube or things they've seen in the past, like things uh, websites like Code.org or Scratch. And so one of the things that we thought about when we're looking at this generation is how can we grab their interest and how can we target what we do, what our mission is, and extend that to what they might be able to learn from, right? So we've taken different avenues. One of the first unique ideas we thought of or brainstormed were intro to app building. It was in uh, a program that we started just to introduce programming to students. Um, and that is something that we thought would be unique and would also help to catch their attention and get them interested in STEM. Um, and so I think that's one of the first steps for any nonprofit leader is to ge- genuinely make their you know efforts unique and to go about different avenues and just try different things with young kids if they're in elementary or middle school. 
Well said. No, thanks for saying that. I really appreciate those insights. I hope my uh, listeners are really taking some notes on this. I think inspiring this next generation is going to be critical. And I think there's so much in the tech space that can be applied to nonprofits and so many things that you are good at that are just second nature to you can really help a lot of nonprofit leaders that maybe struggle with some of the new things that are coming through in in terms of technology and, and all the change that are coming at us so quickly now. Now back to STEM and Start STEM that you got uh, off the ground. Why do you think you've been so successful with StartSem? Is it your recruiting efforts you would point to? Is it your vision casting? Is it marketing? Why do you think you've had such a wide impact and it seems like it's gone very smoothly so far? Yeah, I think that I think that's a great question. And especially something that we, both Sun and I have tried to do with this nonprofit and with StartSem early, it has been threefold. It's been to create our sessions to be extremely interactive we also make sure that students can come into these sessions with zero experience. And then lastly, something that's always been super important to us is that students walk away from these sessions and from these programs knowing something that they can take beyond the class. And so, for example, as I mentioned, our intro to uh, session, which as of now has been one of our most successful programs. And our, our simple tagline for that was to build six apps in six weeks. And we brought in all students, elementary, middle school students, and no matter whether they had experience in programming, whether they hadn't even touched code before, they could walk out of that session, out of those six weeks, with not only knowing how to build six different apps, but they could build any app with their own idea. And that's exactly what we've been trying to kind of innovate with here at Start Some Release, not only to bring unique sessions, but also make sure that students can take something beyond the class and kind of get started with their own passion and their own ideas. So that intra building session was one of our more successful ones and kind of sparked that idea to continue to create sessions like Rocketry, Forensics, Arduino, um, and one of our most recent ones, which was 3D design. So I, I, think that's, I think that's always been the key to make sessions that when students come in, they're not just looking at a PowerPoint or reading off a textbook. It's more interactive where they're building, maybe building an app or doing a rocket simulation or Something that's interactive and something that's engaging for students, especially when they're younger, is always something that kind of gears their interest and is less forceful in a way, but it's more fun that when they come in, they're excited to get started with a start some early session and they're continuing to be a part of our programs uh, worldwide. Well said. I love it. Okay. Now, as you think about your organization going from here, uh, I have a feeling that college is going to be in there for you and your career and everything else. But what's your vision for this organization, say, over the next three to five years? Absolutely. And I would, I would say just our vision for the next few years uh, is to take a unique approach to a continuous STEM-based curriculum for schools all over the country. You know, we, we definitely hope to direct our efforts in ways like organizations like Code.org have, who, like, for example, Code.org, who have success, successfully embedded their vision in society on why concepts like programming should be an integral part of our education all through you know, primary and secondary education, which is something that truly inspires us to do the same. And for us, that translates to increasing student interest in all aspects of STEM, whether that be science, technology, engineering, or math, by providing a path for which parents, students, and even teachers can implement this kind of program or distribute the resources we've gathered. And so one of our long-lasting missions for this organization has been to get students to start STEM early. And by working towards our latest vision, we know that we can successfully achieve this mission. 
Well, great. You've done a great job already. Best of luck. I love the idea of you getting this into schools across the country. That could be really exciting. And for you, what a great uh, opportunity to really spread the impact of what you've started here locally to all over the country. That would be phenomenal. So I will keep tabs with you. We'll have to stay in touch. I'll be curious to see how it does spread from here. My last question really is uh, those who are listening may want to get involved. Uh, they may want to volunteer. They want to learn more about you, more about your nonprofit. So how can my listeners help out? Can they donate to your work? Can they volunteer if they want to help? What would you tell them if they were listening and they were interested in getting connected with you too? For sure. Here at Starts from Early, both Stein and I would love for anyone to donate to our work, especially all these programs and activities we put on, they're for no cost. And so donations always just help us to keep the movement going. So you can, of course, donate on our website. If you go to www.startstemearly.org, on the main page, you can donate straight from there. Um, and you can just donate to our nonprofit. And additionally, we are actively looking for student volunteers to help teach our uh, on our platform and get involved with our organization. We would love for anyone interested uh, in joining to send us an email at startstemearly at outlook.com. We hope to share our knowledge um, and programs with students globally. And we want to offer courses in local time zones in order to just have more students attend. And so we both plan to continue running this organization throughout our careers, throughout college, and are definitely excited for what's to come. Well, again, congratulations to both of you for what you've started. I love your desire to want to help all students and make sure this is available to everybody, regardless of income status or, you know, background. So good luck. I'm excited again to keep in touch to see how this grows over the time. And thanks for taking time and thanks for reaching out to be on the show. I'm really encouraged that uh, you're really doing good work. And I think my listeners are going to be very inspired today. For sure. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rob. Hey friends, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on both iTunes and Spotify. If you're wondering how to find it, just type in the words Nonprofit Leadership Podcast and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review, give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast and your feedback will help expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as possible. You can also find other resources and interviews of past guests on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Again, that website is non nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.